Good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us for another Drive Time today. I'm Brian Coates, sitting in for Pastor Randy Barton, and uh, it has been a beautiful day today. I mean, you cannot argue with the forecast that we've had, and I know that uh, some may be moderately disappointed that we have not had a whole lot of uh, snow to speak of this year, Uh, almost none, but um, this beautiful weather is just fantastic, and we're going to see this, uh, much of this, this week. Looking at sunshine today, 55 is the high tonight. Clear skies, low around 30. Sunshine on Wednesday, 56 for the high. Thursday, sunshine, 60 for the high. And uh, Friday, let's see here, mostly sunny, 59. And so just a beautiful week this week. Saturday, sunshine, 53. And uh, seems more like the end of March rather than the last little over a week of February. But uh, the Lord knows what we need and and uh, thankful for this beautiful forecast. Taking a look at our day sponsors for the day today, we appreciate the general operating budget of Anchor Broadcasting being sponsored by Jeremy and Julie Queen. In honor of Keith Queen and in loving memory of Linda Queen, Jeremy's parents, on what would have been their 52nd spiritual birthday. This day in 1972 at Zion Baptist Church in Rosman was the day that changed the course of history for the Queen family. Colossians 1.27. Amen to that. And our thanks goes out to Jeremy and Julie Queen and uh, a blessing, great Christian family and pastor and a great opportunity to reach the world in honor of this great family. And uh, Colossians 1.27, also a beautiful passage of scripture, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And what a great verse that is today. The network budget, sponsored by Patrick Kiever in memory of Edith Sheehan. Today is the anniversary of her home going, and we honor her memory today, and and our thanks goes out to Patrick Kiever, honoring the memory of Edith Sheehan. Well, let's uh, take a look at um, the um, the Sherathon schedule. Somebody is asking, or folks ask, a lot of folks ask, not somebody, a lot of bodies, a lot of people ask, uh, when is this singing group going to be there? When is this preacher going to be there? Those are great questions to ask, and I know that we talk about it from time to time just so that you can hear your favorite uh, group or your uh, a preacher that you enjoy. Um, the preaching this year, the lineup is just fantastic. And we're not, uh, the reason we do that is, well, it's, it's, there's multiple reasons. I mean, we're, we're inviting the um, involvement of God. And God magnifies his word above his own name. And when we lift up the scriptures, there is, there is great um, involvement from God when the scriptures are magnified and lifted up. And, you know, there's been a lot of prayer going into Sherathon this year. A lot of folks have been praying. Folks have been praying that somebody would get saved or multiple somebodies would get saved. There's been folks praying for the preachers that'll preach and the singers that'll sing. And, and of course, the, the, the money that has to be raised for the upcoming year. There's a lot of praying that goes into Sherathon. And I'll remind you that we're not praying to inform God because we have a God, our God, the only God is omniscient. He knows everything. So the goal is not to bring information to God. We're not praying to inform God. We're praying to involve God. 
because we desperately need God. So in your position right now with what you have going on in your life, you need to pray to get the involvement of God, not to bring him information, but to get him involved. So we need God involved in Sherathon for multiple reasons. And thinking about the preaching that will be taking place, we have on Monday, Pastor Scott Dean will kick off Sherathon at 10 o'clock, the first message. Um, of course, Sunday, this coming Sunday, Brother Brian McBride will preach both times at Anchor Baptist Church, and the evening service will be the Sherathon kickoff rally service, and Brother McBride will be um, preaching both of those services. Then on Sunday, or then on Monday, that is, Scott Dean, Pastor Scott Dean of the White Horse Heights Baptist Church will preach at 10 o'clock, Evangelist Brian McBride at 2 o'clock, Pastor Rudy Smith at 7 o'clock. Then on Tuesday, Pastor Jimbo Seaton of the Pleasant Valley Baptist Church, Possum Trot, Burnsville, Yancey County, he'll be there at 10 o'clock, and then 2 o'clock, Evangelist Brian McBride again, and at 7 o'clock, Pastor Rudy Smith again. Wednesday, 10 o'clock, Pastor Doug Rains of the Progress Baptist Church in the Fletcher area, and uh, that's off of Rugby in the Fletcher community. He'll be preaching, and then at 2 o'clock, Evangelist Brian McBride, and at 7 o'clock, Pastor Rudy Smith. Then coming upon Thursday, Pastor Todd Bell will be flying in Thursday morning. He's the pastor of the Calvary Baptist Church in Sanford, Maine, and the director of Wings of the Word, the uh, airplane ministry that um, uses, um, uses airplanes as a tool to reach New England with the gospel, doing a fantastic job. He'll be here at 10 o'clock to preach for us. Two o'clock, again, uh, Evangelist Brian McBride. And then at seven o'clock, Pastor Rudy Smith of the Mount Sinai Baptist Church on Thursday evening. Friday morning, 10 o'clock, Evangelist Ben Carper, moderator and director of the Bright Spot Hour that you hear every morning. Uh, this is Dr. Harold B. Sautler's grandson. He'll be preaching 10 o'clock Friday morning. Then 2 o'clock Friday afternoon will be Evangelist Brian McBride and 7 o'clock Friday evening, Pastor Rudy Smith. Saturday, of course, we will have Pastor Ricky Lee of the Midway Bible Baptist Church preaching at 10. Then we will have popcorn preaching from young preachers coming up at 2 o'clock. Be uh, listening for information on how to register for that. If you uh, know a young preacher man, make sure that you let him know about Saturday and to be listening in for instructions on that. Then, of course, we have our 5 o'clock rally service uh, with um, Brother Ken Trivet from South Dakota. He'll be there preaching for us that evening. Then coming up on Sunday, we'll have uh, the 10 o'clock service at Anchor Baptist Church, Evangelist Brian McBride preaching, and then the, the finale service, 6 o'clock on Sunday evening again, Evangelist Brian McBride. So that is the um, that is the schedule of preachers for the week this week. Um, then we have our singing schedule. Now this is very this is a very um, uh, great singing schedule this year. There there are other groups that we would love to have come to Sherathon. Absolutely love to have come, but there's so many hours in a week, and we just there's only so many spots that we can fill. 
And uh, I am so thankful that we have the groups coming this year that have agreed to come. And so on Monday, February the 26th, coming up this Monday, we will have the AG family with us. We will have the Rogers family with us. We will have the McBride family with us. Have the Borden family, Brother Adam Borden, evangelist. We'll have them with us again this year. And the York family also singing for us on Monday. Tuesday, we will have the Elledge family from Georgetown Baptist Church, the Agee family again, and then the Bordens again. They'll be back with us on Tuesday. And the McBrides also on Tuesday. And the York family again on Tuesday. And Mercy Mountain, a new um, a new group of young ladies will be with us there in the 2 o'clock service on Tuesday. And then the Lovett family, new to Sherathon this year, they'll be with us a couple of times on Tuesday. And then Brother Reggie Sadler will be singing in the Tuesday evening service. And so that is the, that is the um, schedule for Tuesday. Wednesday, Brother Adam Borden will be singing for us again. The Thren family will be with us on Wednesday. The York family will be with us on Wednesday. The Lovitz back again on Wednesday. Um, and the Shields family, the Rogers family will be with us on Wednesday. Somebody said, why do you sometimes call them the Shields family and sometimes the Rogers family? Well, for years and years and years, they were the Rogers family. And uh, now Sister Shields, the daughter of that family, travels with her family and her mom comes as well. And so her last name is Shields, but her maiden name is Rogers. And she prefers that the group keep the name the Rogers family. So uh, you'll hear sometimes the Shields family, sometimes the Rogers family. It's the same folks. Uh, the McBrides singing again for us on Wednesday, and the Ages also again on on Wednesday. Coming up on Thursday, the Ag family, the McBride family again, the Bordens also singing for us, the Rogers family, and the Thren family, and uh, they'll be singing for us on Thursday. Then on Friday, we have the Thren family. We also have the Matthews family and the Ag family, and the Bordens will be singing for us again on Friday. The Reigns family back with us again this year. The King James boys will be singing several times on Friday. You'll enjoy them. The McBrides also singing on Friday. Saturday, the Elledge is back with us again from Georgetown. Middle Cross from Madison County, they'll be with us. They're from Oak Grove Baptist Church. Uh, the uh, Rochesters, Brother Ben Rochester and his family will be here on Saturday. Uh, then we have the Wheelers. They will be with us on Saturday, the, Brother Mark Wheeler and his family. Uh, the Reigns family back again with us on Saturday. And we'll have a joint youth choir in the 5 p.m. service. And so be listening throughout the week on how you can be a part of that joint youth choir on Saturday. Then coming up on Sunday... We have the Hall family at 8 o'clock. They sing for us in that spot every year. They do a great job. The Agee family also singing on Sunday. The Marksman will be with us Sunday afternoon. And uh, the Rogers family will be with us on Sunday afternoon. So a fantastic week of share music. And we are looking forward to, um, we're looking forward to bringing you that great live music and preaching throughout the week. And you'll be listening in, you can watch, you can listen, and uh, be a part of share in whatever way you see fit. Again, we're asking the Lord to help us spiritually, 
to bring us a great work from heaven, but then to also um, to take care of the financial need of the radio station for the upcoming year. We're asking the Lord to take care of that as well. And we know that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And what a great truth that is. I, uh, I would like to share this with you. Uh, last week, I had the privilege of attending a um, chapel service at the Crown College in Powell, Tennessee. Now, they're located just across the road and on campus, same campus, same church, as Temple Baptist Church in Powell, Tennessee. Great, great church. And their pastor for many years was Dr. Clarence Sexton. Well, he has recently gone home to be with the Lord. And uh, that church is um, still doing a great work, fantastic work. The college is doing good. But we had the privilege of attending one of their chapel services, my family did, last week. And the, the preacher that preached the chapel service made an, a very interesting comment. He really elaborated on it in the second half of his message. And he was talking about making sure that we have a life philosophy and that we back up that philosophy with Scripture. Now, you start using words like that and people get nervous. And that's not necessary. It's not necessary to be nervous about that. Um, what, what that simply means is that you need to know what you're going to do with your life. And you need to make sure that you have a biblical reason for what you're doing. Okay? So maybe you're listening right now and you're a mom. Okay? <laughs> that is a wonderful thing. God has given us instructions for moms in his word, there's no doubt there are do's and don'ts for moms, and we have instructions from the scripture to support that. Dads, same thing. I'm a dad, okay? I'm a husband, and I'm a dad. And I have instructions from the scripture on how to behave as a husband and as a dad, okay? As as a employee, as a student, as a member of the community, we have instructions given to us from the scripture on how to behave. So that leads us to ask the question, and am, am I doing my life according to the scripture? Now that sounds pretty simple, right? And it is, but I'm going to ask you right now, do you have scripture to back up what you're doing? Okay. So think about what you did today and what you're going to do tomorrow, and see if those things are in line with the Scripture. If they are, wonderful. Keep pressing on and do whatever it takes to continue with that scriptural life that you're living. But if you're not living a life that lines up with the Scripture, then you have to modify your life. The Bible doesn't change. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God's word is settled forever in heaven, and there is nothing we can do to change the word of God. Okay, that, that will never happen. God's word is not going to change. So if we don't match up with the scripture, we have to change. Does that make sense? God doesn't have to change. God can't change. He's immutable. He's unchanging. The scripture can't change. It is forever settled in heaven. And in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The Word of God is God. 
And having a having a scriptural life is the only way to live. Okay? So there I'm asking you the question. Do you live a scriptural life? Now back to the comment that came from the preacher at Crown College. He was talking about having a philosophy and allowing that philosophy to be supported by Scripture. Okay, so I I went home that week, last week. I went home last week and wrote down some verses that I used to guide my philosophy. I'll share a few of those verses with you, and then I want to share one with you for an extended few more minutes. One of the verses that guides my thinking is Psalm 27.1. Excuse me, Psalm 27.4. David is writing, and he said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. That verse is a pillar, call it a verse of philosophy in my life. I honestly believe that it should be our desires, our, our desire to seek God first and his house first and his direction first before we seek anything else. Okay, that is a, a philosophical steering wheel in my life, allowing God to be first to control our desires. Another verse that has affected me over the years is uh, Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7. This affects my political decisions. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and he setteth up another. That, That encourages me to pray that God will get involved in the election, and he does. He puts down one, he sets up another, and I pray that he will to put one in office that is scriptural, that is, that is what we need to move us forward and not what we, we you know, not a, a judging leader. I'm, I know a lot of times God puts in leaders in office because we need judgment and I'm asking God for mercy. And so Psalm 75 kind of has guided me in my mind through that type of thinking. Okay. And Psalm 118 The Lord is on my side. Verse number six, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? These verses have guided my my thought process over the years. And there are times, I'll tell you this. Here's confession time. You ready? There have been times in my life where I made decisions and did things not using scriptural philosophy, not using what the Bible says to support my decision, and it ended up being a terrible decision. It ended up being a terrible choice. It ended up being a terrible idea. Okay, so I found that to be so, that when I'm using the scripture in its context, appropriately applied to make decisions in my life, it is helpful. It is more than helpful. It's actually completely and totally necessary. So I'll ask you this. Are you allowing the scripture to guide your thought process? Interesting question, isn't it? One that I wanted to share with you a little bit more today. Let me, let me put this in perspective a little bit. In the world that we're living in, there's no telling when, when the law will be arranged in a fashion that would be more 
non-supportive of of a Christian. We know that there's a lot of laws right now that that make things difficult for the church. Now, our founding fathers did not see it that way. But there are things in place that make, you know, that that make things difficult for a Christian. It could get worse. There are places around the world where being a Christian is illegal. There are places around the world that if you're a Christian, you have to decide whether or not you want to identify with Christianity and go to prison or hide it and keep your freedom. That's a terrible place to be in, but a lot of people are there. And they're there now. I, I heard of a Christian attorney that every year at Christmas time, he spends that time with a Christian in jail. Instead of spending time with his family, he makes a visit to a Christian that's in prison for being a Christian. Now, I'm not saying that that's coming tomorrow or the next day. And we may see the rapture before that ever comes. But there may come a day that your Christianity will be faced with a fine or faced with a trial or faced with legal opposition just for being a Christian. So there there are tenets now of, of Christianity. There are pillars of Christianity that we would consider worth living for and even worth dying for. So me and my wife a few years ago, we sat down together and we decided what would what would be worth suffering persecution. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We asked ourselves that question, how do we define in our life, in our marriage, in our home, what would be worth facing persecution over? And here's what the Lord gave me. Now this is my this guides my philosophy. This is, this is what allows me to think as a Christian and to make decisions as a Christian. Very, very good passage of Scripture. John 14. Remember the first part, it talks about, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. We know that verse 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's found in verse number 6. Very, very important passage of Scripture in Christianity. This helps to guide our thought process. It's a, it, is a, a, it is pillars upon which we build our philosophy. So let's break this down. Our faith... It's talking about a troubled heart. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. So we're in a world where there's troubled hearts. And and in the context of the government creating problem for a, a Christian dad or a Christian mom or a Christian child, I, I've got friends around the world that when they go out to their normal daily lives, they are they they have a measure of of uh, uncertainty as to the outcome because simply because they're Christians. So that creates a troubled heart. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. And in the context, he's talking about those around him, the disciples around him were unsure of a few things, and he was able to, and, and, and no matter what the situation is, our troubled hearts, no matter what the cause of it is, in this passage we see that our faith is a cure for the troubled heart. 
verse 1, he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus is saying, when your heart is troubled, just trust the Lord that much more. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Peter said, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And when my heart is troubled, I'm to trust him even that much more. Okay, so our faith is the cure for the troubled heart. Then he goes and talks about our future as a comfort for the troubled heart. In my Father's house are many mansions. Verse 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. We're told very clearly that we're headed to heaven. We're reminded of that. And that is a comfort. That future is a comfort for the troubled heart. So when your heart is troubled, you trust the Lord. That just, just that much more. And that trust, that belief, is a cure for the troubled heart. Our faith is a cure for the troubled heart. Our future, and knowing that we're going to heaven, is a comfort for the troubled heart. But then we see our fears are a complication for a troubled heart. In verse number 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Truth number one here is that Thomas recognized him as Lord. I mean, he at least knew that Jesus was Lord. Jesus is Lord. Truth number two, Thomas had legitimate fears. He did not understand what was happening. He didn't understand what Jesus was saying. We're real quick to fuss at Thomas, but the truth of it is he had a legitimate problem, and he was expressing to Jesus that he didn't understand. Truth number three, Thomas was concerned about headed in the right direction. Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? He wanted to know the right way. So our legitimate concern should be that we're doing the right thing. Our faith is the cure for the troubled heart. Our future is a comfort for the troubled heart. But then our fears often complicate that troubled heart. And we have to stop and let God take control. So when you see the foundation of faith here, we see three things. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. Building block number one of the foundation of faith is that Jesus speaks to us. He says, Jesus saith unto him, I am so glad that Jesus still talks to us. I am so glad that through his word and through the guidance of the spirit of God, we have a conversation with Jesus. Building block number one. Building block number two, Jesus specifies who he is. Not only did he, say, did he talk to him, but he identified himself as the I am. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So building block number one, Jesus speaks to us. And building block number two, Jesus specifies who he is. Building block number three, Jesus settles the truth in this verse. No man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus. There's no other way. There's no way to get access to God except through Jesus Christ. So when you need God to get involved in something, we're talking about share next week, we need God's involvement. We have, to, we have to go through Jesus. We cannot expect great things to happen next week without soliciting the assistance of God Almighty through Jesus Christ. And that brings me to building block number four. Not only do we see building block number one, Jesus speaks to us, and building block number two, Jesus specifies who he is. Building block number three, Jesus settles the truth. No man cometh unto the Father but by Jesus. But then building block number four, Jesus steadies us. I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So how do we do things God's way? How do we make sure that our philosophy, whether it's at home, our marriage, our, our children, our job, our church, everything, how do we make sure that that life is pleasing to God? You use those three categories, way, truth, life. All need to reflect Jesus Christ. The way, that's the salvation of souls. We ought to be ready to face persecution over the salvation of souls. If an entity tries to stop us from reaching souls for the cause of Christ, we ought to be ready to take a stand, even if it requires persecution. Because Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. There is no other way. We have to get Jesus to them, no matter what persecution that might create. He said, I am the truth. That's the word of God. We ought to let the Bible be something that we're worth, that we feel worth our attention, our investment, and if necessary, our persecution. The Word of God. So he's the way, the salvation of souls. He's the truth, the sanctity of the scriptures. And he is the life. That's the solidarity of the sanctuary. Meaning to say, the life of Christ today, the body of Christ today is God's church. And we ought to be willing to take a stand, to make an investment, and to face persecution if necessary for the cause of the local church. And that's why Pastor Barton always says that WGCR, Anchor Broadcasting, the network, 720, 94.9, WGCR.net, the app, all of the entities, the video channel, the music channel, the preaching channel, all of that is two by four. To the local church, by the local church, and for the local church. Because that's the life of Christ. Jesus saith in him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's your three reasons. There's, your, there's a, a good um, foundation for your faith to build your life, to set your philosophy, the guide, your, the guide the way you think can be used in these three categories. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for those listening today. Thank you for the privilege of having the Word of God. Help us to always stay faithful to you and to let our thinking, our thought process be guided by the King James Bible, with these three areas, the way, Jesus Christ, the truth, Jesus Christ, and the life of Jesus Christ through the local church. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm Brian Coates, sitting in for Pastor Randy Barton. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.